Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. Anger tends to be the way that a narcissist will display much of their pathology, but anger is merely a reflection of what is already on the inside and they're not managing it well. So the big questions are these. How can we navigate and negotiate every situation in our lives, in our career, in our businesses, in our relationships, and even with ourselves for our own self-worth? In other words, what if you could win every time and have no losers? Let's face it, we're not negotiating just to buy a car or for a pay raise. We are negotiating for living in every aspect of our lives. How can we do that powerfully, successfully, and victoriously? Those are the questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Rebecca Song, and welcome to the time where you negotiate your best life. Welcome to another episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung, and I am so honored and excited to welcome Dr. Les Carter today with me. He is absolutely incredible. Uh, He has an amazing YouTube channel, a podcast. He's also a best-selling author, a therapist and has done a lot, a lot of work in the area of narcissism. He's, his channel on YouTube is actually called Surviving Narcissism, and he has conducted uh, like 65,000 counseling sessions and workshops and seminars. He specializes in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. He has, I don't even know, half a million subscribers or more on YouTube. And he's really, really done some a lot of deep work in this area. So I'm so, so excited to be talking to him today. We're going to be talking today specifically in the area of anger management and surviving narcissism, which is so, so powerful. So thank you, Dr. Les Carter, for joining me here today. Well, you're welcome. You know, when you say I had 65,000 counseling sessions, that means one thing, and that means (laughs) I've been around and done Uh, a lot. Yeah, so... yeah. I mean, you say you're semi-retired, but I, I don't see it. I don't see how... It's possible. I mean, you're still everywhere. I mean, you're doing these YouTube videos, you're doing a podcast, you're, you know, you've written all these books. I mean, you're you're still so active and you're still doing so much and you're helping so many people. You've helped really probably millions and millions of people all over the world. Well, and and you know, because you're in the field yourself, it's uh it's an honor, you know, to uh to be able to speak. I I've I've had a an interest in this since I was literally when I was a kid, uh, I, I was one of those inquisitive, why is this happening kind of kid. And then to be able to do it for a profession. Now I'm on the, uh, the backside of my counseling practice. I did over 40 years in, uh, in my therapy office. And now I've, I've laid that aside and I'm putting all of my efforts into my media stuff. So it, it's just an honor to be able to, to say, here's what I've learned. And I'm a fellow sojourner. I'm, I'm pleased to share what I know with anybody that would be willing to listen. And, uh, and hopefully a lot of good can come. Yeah. And, and I'm, I was very honored to be on your podcast recently myself and, um, but you know, you 
really have become well known for your work in anger management therapy. And how did you move from there to your interest in narcissism? Well, Rebecca, when I was back in my doctoral internship, I was still in my 20s. um, I had a a supervisor that had done quite a bit of work in terms of uh, anger management and his uh, teaching with me, and it stuck with me all these years now, is you can tell a lot about a person's pathology or healthiness by watching how they manage conflict. And uh, it's in the it's really easy for somebody to say, you know, I'll be nice to you if you be nice to me and everything's going really swell. But you really can tell the depth of an individual's healthiness uh, when there's strain and stress and differentness. And that's when you see what a person is drawing upon. And so that's how I started going into my anger management. And I put together a, a series of uh, workshops it was a six-part series and uh, did that uh, multiple times per year for many years. And as I was talking with people about handling anger correctly, I, I would go into the distinction between suppressing your anger and being openly aggressive and passive aggressive and assertive, and then appealing to what I refer to as your higher priorities, you know, goodness and patience and self-restraint, things like that. And the more I would uh, zero in on the patho- pathological uh, side of anger, You know, we kept bumping into words like control or selfishness or entitlement or fear and defensiveness. And the deeper I got into all of that, it just dawned on me. We're we're talking about narcissism Mm. here because those are the key ingredients of what narcissism is about. And so anger tends to be the way that a narcissist will display much of their pathology but anger is merely a reflection of what is already on the inside and they're not managing it well. And so that's where I started going more and more deeply into describing the whole narcissistic pattern. Obviously, as you well know, it's a pattern on a spectrum. And uh, those of us who can see some of those uh, possibilities on the inside of us, we're able to own it, take responsibility for it and keep it contained. Uh, But then there are many people, it's like, I don't want to keep it contained. I like being uh, my selfish self and I like being controlling and uh, I feel entitled. And so they run with it and it it goes further and further down that spectrum to the point to where not only is their uh, self-absorption and entitlement obnoxious, but then it just leads to one episode after another, after another with anger. And the way I put it is that anger is just simmering just right there under the surface And all it takes is just one false move or one false statement from you and boom, here it comes. And so that's how it all just, it's kind of morphed over the decades of work that I've been doing all this work. Yeah. I mean, because narcissists, they get triggered with that narcissistic rage, right? I mean, it's like right there. Exactly. Uh, You've got, you've got the narcissistic rage and, I'm so thankful for the uh, for the work that's done by John Gottman. He, his work is with uh, with marital therapy, but uh, you may uh, be aware of his. He, he talks about how there are four indicators that uh, would tell if a marriage is on a, on the brink of divorce, and the four indicators are. Let's see if I can remember them now: criticism, uh, contempt, um, stonewalling, and defensiveness. And um, the number one ingredient that uh, of those four is contempt. And that's its own special form of anger. 
And so you can take that research as it applies to marriage and you can put it in pretty much any kind of relationship, whether it's in family relations or friendships or work. When a person is holding on to an attitude of contempt and they hold people in disdain and they just go straight into that place of criticism, then uh, that's not a good place to be. And that obviously says much more about the person who's holding that emotion as it, uh, as it, uh, more, much more so than the person who's receiving all the, uh, the net results. Hmm. Of it. That's interesting. I mean, as a divorce attorney, I came up with my own set of, uh, kind of indicators. I came up with what I call the three deadly sins of marriage, which are abuse, addiction, and adultery. I call it the three A's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and it works too, and it's very accurate <laughs> yeah. too. I mean, I've, I've I've seen all those folks in my counseling. All yeah, for sure. I was like, pretty much, if I saw the three A's or a combination thereof, it was like pretty much definitely not happening. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, why do narcissists respond so poorly to conflict? What does that tell us about them? Well, uh, they want you to think that they're all that. But the, the way I put it is whenever a person just falls apart in conflict with all of their anger, what they're doing is, is they're illustrating exactly how inept they really are when it comes to the people skills. Uh, basically, first of all, selfishness is their go-to response anyway. And so when there's a difficulty, let's suppose that you and I differ on something well, if I'm an empathetic person, I can say, hey, Rebecca, I know that you feel this and I'm thinking that. Let's put our heads together and figure out what's going on. Let's talk. I want to know your perspective and you would do the same in reverse. And we would have healthy conflict resolution. That's the way healthy people do it. The narcissist, by definition, is so consumed with oneself. It's like, well, this is all about me and I don't care what you're thinking. And so they start with the, the notion that you are an irrelevant person and your feelings, your perspectives, your opinions are nothing. But really what they're saying is, I don't know how to handle complexity. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do when somebody doesn't just cower to me. And that's that ineptitude. And then in addition, what's beneath so much of their anger is they're saying, I don't trust. Now they'll say, I don't trust you. And they'll make you the problem. But it's like, I never really learned how to have an open relationship with people. I never really learned how to, uh, to uh, develop that skill. In fact, the, the trusting um, skill uh, d doesn't exist. And frankly, when they say they don't trust you, typically there's a, a, a whole lot of projection going on. You know, I'm not that much of a trustworthy person. So why would I trust someone else? But they don't say that because they don't have that level of awareness. And so their whole mentality is, I've got to win. And all of that is just um, being carried on the inside of them. And so when conflict shows up, rather than responding to it in that clean way that I just described a moment ago, that's, what, uh, that's what's attached to their anger. And so it comes out in a very dysfunctional kind of way. And the, the amazing thing is, uh, no matter how far off base they are, they don't take responsibility for it. It's, it's still your fault. It's like, no, you're carrying a whole lot of uh, ineptitude on the inside of yourself. Please admit that. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't do that. And so 
it continues on and on and on. Yeah. And, and it's, it, what, you know, is this due to examples they had as a child? I mean, what's the foundation of all of this dysfunctional anger? Well, almost always, I know you're not supposed to say always, uh, but pretty close to it. They didn't have good role models. Uh, many times they <clears throat> themselves were on the receiving end of inappropriate anger. I mean, you mentioned abuse just a minute ago. Uh, it's, it's just a well-known fact that abusing adults very commonly were abused themselves when they were small. And you would like to think that uh, as that person grows and ages and, uh, and enters through the adult years, that they would think, man, I did not like being abused. Therefore, I'm not going to do that to someone else. But that budding narcissist, when they've been on the receiving end of inappropriate anger, they're thinking, okay, maybe right now I'm not going to be able to overpower this authority person in front of me, but my turn's coming. And, and so, yes, they, they probably had some very inappropriate uses of anger uh, within them uh, in, in their own history. And so they're, ju they're just kind of compensating for that um, feeling of inadequacy that was put onto them. And then plus, um, in their childhood, you know, most of the, the best way to learn anything is through modeling. And if, uh, if the model was not there, then they don't have anything there to draw upon. And, and so, and then there's another term that I use. It's what I call the training of emotional incompetence. And uh, what I mean by that is, um, again, let's, let's say you have a 10-year-old child. And that 10-year-old is agitated because of something that a friend did. And so what you would do is you would sit down with that child and say, I can tell you're feeling frustrated. Let's talk about what's going on. And they explain it to you and you affirm, okay, I can appreciate this. How are we going, how are we going to manage this? What options do you have at a time like that? And when that 10-year-old begins blaming the other kid, it's like, okay, I understand that other kid's uh, uh, not handling things well, but where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? And so uh, you, you have to train a child to individualize and think for themselves and uh, have this notion that says, I'm capable of managing my emotions. I just need to figure out uh, how that fits in my specific circumstances. Um, most people didn't have that kind of training uh, growing up. I didn't. Uh, and, uh, but budding narcissists certainly did not have that kind of training. But then healthy individuals can catch up and they can go back and they can, they, they can think, well, I do get to define myself and I do get to uh, figure out what my coping skills are going to be. What would I like that to be? And that, of course, is what we refer to now as relationship boundaries. Uh, it starts with you defining yourself. The, the narcissist, you look into their deep past. None of that was there. They had the modeling. They had they were on the receiving end of a, of a lot of lousy emotion. And instead of being the one that says, well, I'm going to make the adjustment, they just keep uh, they keep it going. And it just can go generation to generation until someone finally says enough's enough. This is not working. But typically that narcissist in front of you is not likely to be the one that's going to say that. Yeah. And, you know, here's the 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 sixty five thousand dollar question that everybody always asks, you know, can they be rehabilitated? 
Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take 20,000 breaths a day. And according to the EPA, indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases, up to 100 times more polluted. And data shows that air pollution is responsible for up to 7 million premature deaths globally. I know for myself, my family has struggled with asthma, and so clean air is so important to us, and that's why having a good air purifier is so important to us. So what's the solution. Introducing an air purifier that has captured the attention of media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more, which is Air Doctor, which filters out 99% of air contaminants such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, and all sorts of things. And it even features a whisper jet fan, which is quieter than all sorts of air purifiers. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code your best life. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value, lock this special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive your store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business, Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to Shopify dot com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash best life. Did you know that Americans spend more than 90% of their time indoors and that in some cases, indoor air can actually be more polluted than outdoor air and that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths across the world every year. Airborne allergens are the most common allergy triggers such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. We are so happy to introduce an air purifier that captured the attention of established media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more. Air Dr. Phil filters out dangerous contaminants and allergens so that your lungs don't 
have to. Air Doctor is amazing and it comes with no questions asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. So head to airdoctor.com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 40% off. You're saving up to 40% off. Lock in this special offer by going to AIR. D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. You know, every now and then, you mentioned I had about 65,000 counseling off, uh, sessions, and I don't know how many cases that actually represents, but a lot. Every now and then, I would get someone that would come into my office and they had some pretty uh, dysfunctional ways of engaging with people. And they would just be just gut level honest with me and say, you know, what I'm doing is not working. I don't like the person that I've become. I've got to do something about it. And from time to time, you get that person that comes in there and typically is on the, uh, the backside of some sort of uh, collapse or uh, a real uh, challenge and all that they've had. And from time to time, that person would come in. And of course, I would just lick my chops on that. It's like, man, this is wonderful. This is why I do what I do. The odds of that happening are really low. Uh, Unfortunately, most of the people that came into my office were the ones who were on the receiving end of that narcissist anger. And, uh, And then if that narcissistic person came in to talk anything out, Almost always, it was like, let me defend myself because I don't think I'm going to come out very good by this other person's you know, description of me. And as a result, they see therapy as being a game and they try to game the therapist. And the therapist, in this case, it would be me, would have to be smart enough to know what's going on. Uh, sometimes, percentage-wise, it's very low. You get uh, someone that'll say, I, I'm, I'm ready. Most of the time, uh, they just keep it going because it just shows that 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 darkness on the inside of the narcissist can be so deeply embedded that it's just become central to what they are. Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zahn. Knowing that a narcissist is highly controlling, that's their game. The biggest, one of the biggest mistakes is uh, you can go into the counter control flow. Uh, It's like, uh, you're going to be stubborn with me. I'll be stubborn right back. Back to school season is coming up, which can be difficult for those going through a divorce, especially when child safety is a concern. And here at Negotiate Your Best Life, my mission is definitely one to help divorce couples prepare especially when narcissists are involved. And as you all know, I've partnered with Soberlink for a long time. And Soberlink is a system which helps with alcohol monitoring. It includes a breathalyzer device with facial recognition. It allows you to receive real-time updates and help co-parent so that 
You know, monitoring can be involved anytime, anywhere, swift intervention to improve child safety. And they're offering free packets right now. Go grab them. They've got checklists, communication tips, and more. Get your free packet right now. Soberlink.com forward slash negotiate. Are you struggling with how to negotiate and win? Maybe you're dealing with a personality that's particularly challenging, like a narcissist or other high-conflict personality, and you're feeling powerless. Make sure to download my free Win My Negotiation cheat sheet at www.winmynegotiation.com. Take a listen to our archive, where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. They actually attach themselves to you because you have so much value. They like to see people who are super confident and who are super self-assured. And now we return to today's show. And, And a lot of times they're very good at gaming the therapist, aren't they? Oh yeah, uh, uh, there would be times when uh, when uh, someone would come in and and uh, they would be really good. In fact, there are times it's almost like they're all, a little bit too good. And and then later on, a family member or the person they're living with might uh, call me and say, "May I have a, a private session with you?" And I would hear an entirely different story. It's like good to know. And uh, one of the things that can be helpful uh, when you're dealing with a narcissist is to make sure that there is uh, is open accountability and, and input from uh, friends or family members or coworkers uh, that they're willing to fess up to. But, uh, you know, the, the gaming narcissist doesn't particularly want you to hear from those people. And that's part of it. But, yeah, that's it. To, to them, it's just a competition that they want to win. Well, because, I mean, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll use the person's, they'll trigger the, the, their victim or their target. And then they'll say, look, that person is also contributing or that person's also just as bad, right? Oh, and that's one of their favorite games is victim yep. blaming. Uh, in fact, uh, the way back in the 70s, I think the guy was name is Eric Shostrom, uh, wrote a book called Games People Play. And uh, one of his favorite games was the gotcha game. Uh, the narcissist will bait you and bait you and bait you. It's kind of like poking you in the ribs with a stick. And then when you finally say quit it and you get mad and uh, you blow, then that person will turn around and say, how am I supposed to deal with someone as off base as you? <laughs> so gotcha. And, and narcissists love to play that game. Of course, they fail to acknowledge their contributions to that. Imagine that. They'll turn around uh, and tell the that's, therapist, that's look, they're just as bad as I am or they're even worse or I'm the calm one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, and that's what we mean when we say it's just simply a game. Right, right. And, and and is that part of their blame shifting when they become angry as well? Or tell us about blame shifting. Oh, definitely. You know, one of the things that we say about narcissists is that they have a high level of fear and defensiveness. Well, you may have heard the old saying that the best defense is a good offense. 
And so part of them defending themselves is to keep you on your heels. And so as long as we're over there talking about that other person's failures or disappointments or uh, personality flaws, then that narcissist is thinking, good, that's that much less time we have to spend talking about me and my foibles. And so that's part of that. That's why they go into that blame shifting. And then also uh, another of the primary indicators of narcissism is uh, they, they just absolutely cannot and will not take responsibility for their contributions. It, it's kind of amazing when you think about the illogic that they bring. It's like, you mean in 100% of the conflicts you've been in, it's always that other person's fault. <laughs> and if the, if the narcissists were honest, they'd say, well, that's, that's my opinion. That's how yeah. they think. And they can, they can't introspect. Right. right. So when a person's on the receiving end of a narcissist anger, what are some of the most common mistakes that they make? Well, knowing that a narcissist is highly controlling, that's their game. The biggest, one of the biggest mistakes is uh, you can go into the counter control flow. Uh, it's like, uh, you're going to be stubborn with me. I'll be stubborn right back. You're going to be bossy with me. I know how to do that. Uh, you want to criticize me? I'll just shove it right back at you. And you get into this point counterpoint game and it, it just doesn't end well for you because the narcissist is good at what they do. And so they're over there thinking, game on. So one of the biggest problems that you can do is to uh, to get uh, get yourself pulled into the point-counterpoint uh, control game. Uh, another is uh, you can kind of go into what I call the, the three no's, uh, pleading, uh, no pleading, no coaxing, no convincing. Uh, they'll plead that you can plead your case with that narcissist. It's like, come on, don't you understand this? And then you try to give your rationale for why you, we need to get along better. And the narcissist is thinking, oh, I've got you eating out of my hand, don't I? So that's another thing that you don't want to do. Um, another mistake that you can make is you can try to put shame on them. Uh, and you, you can be thinking, well, if I can make them feel badly enough about who they are, then maybe they'll reform and so you can say, you know, you've got to be one of the most impossible people. And uh, everybody I know has the same opinion of you. And you can just go into all this guilt tripping onto the narcissist. And you know what the narcissist is going to do. Uh, they're going to, it's called boomerang communication. They're going to sling it right back at you. Uh, or another mistake that you can make is you can go into the appeasement mode uh, and try to be a people pleaser. We call that fawning, you know, just fawning all over them. I'll do anything I have to do to, uh, to keep you uh, from being mad at me. So you wind up playing an, an enabler's role. I mean, there are all sorts of things that you can do in reaction to that angry narcissist. And to them, all they're thinking is this keeps the game alive, which is what I like. This is what I live for. And they want to be on the superior end of the equation every single time. And so like I say, they're good and they'll pound you into it. And then you walk away, you know, with your emotions bruised and hurting and like you're insinuating, uh, then they have all this ammunition then to say, see, look what, what a idiot you are. And so my thing is, okay, you, you've got to know what you're, you're dealing with here. This is a dysregulated person who loves to keep you dysregulated because it keeps the focus off of themselves and uh, you, you need to know the, the game. And, and I know as an attorney for you, 
Uh, I'm sure you had to coach your your clients up left and right on that one. Yeah, well, I mean, and that, that gets them, you're back into the mud. Now they're like, well, all right, now we're back into it. Now we're going again. You know, like now we got supply, you're giving them that supply that they want. You know, I mean, once once you do that, you know, you're, you're sucked back into it, right? So, you know, if you if you want to give them supply, do it strategically, you know, make a choice that I'm going to do this for a reason, for a purpose, because you're going to get something out of it, but not not because, you know, they're leading. You make the choice that you're leading. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, and that, that's the key thing. It's like, uh, I would constantly ask people in my office and in my seminars, who sets your pace? And, uh, the correct answer is, well, I guess I'm supposed to be the one that sets my pace. And it's like, okay, that's the correct answer. Now in real life, who sets your pace? And it's, it's so humbling when you realize, I think that what I'm doing is, I'm allowing that narcissist to push my, push my buttons. And then people will walk away thinking I, I lost me. I, I became a person I didn't like. Uh, then I just started playing into their games and uh, I, I don't like the version of me that comes out. And that's where we say, you know, you need to pull back. And, and what is what I just refer to as simply individualizing. You've got to individualize. Uh, you can't assume that if things are going to move forward in a healthy way, that the narcissist is going to say, well, I'd like to join you because they won't. And so uh, you uh, you decide, well, I'm going to go ahead and maintain my distinctives with or without, usually without the narcissist's blessing or coordination or cooperation. And it's easy for good old Les Carter to say that's the way to do it, but it, it so cuts against the grain of the way we're wired because most of us want to have that that uh, connectedness and that back and forth, which is why we get into relationships in the first place. And so it can feel counterintuitive, but you just got to practice self-care because the narcissist sure isn't going to go into that space. No, with you. Yeah. So uh, tell, tell us about calm firmness. What's that? Well, that's that's one of my favorite terms that I like to use. Um, on one hand, uh, when we when we talk about having relationship boundaries, uh, we need to have firmness. Uh, you want to know this is what does work for me. This is what does not work for me. These are the needs that I have that I don't want to negotiate, um, and uh, these are the the the, the uh, elements of treatment that I want to maintain. And if you choose not to go along with me, I get it, but I'm going to move on. And so you decide for yourself who you're going to be. That's the firmness. Uh, you do so knowing full well that the narcissist is just waiting for you to take a breath so that they can break in and say, well, let me tell you how stupid that is, or let me tell you how you're far off base. And it's at that point that you don't take the bait. You have firmness, but then the ultimate um, tool that you have in your toolbox that they don't know what to do with is your calmness. You, you want to get to the point of saying, you know, I make sense. I trust myself. One of the the uh, the YouTube videos that I did a while back uh, is called Your Ultimate Superpower. 
uh, when you're dealing with a narcissist. And the superpower is self-trust. It's like, well, when I say something, I make sense. And when the narcissist uh, says they don't like it, well, bottom line is they're predisposed to not like it. You remember that that uh, cereal commercial? Uh, give it to Mikey. He hates everything. Yeah, I remember that. It <laughs> probably totally hates that? me. Well, but uh, I was a little kid when that was out. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so in calmness, it's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and factor in the, the idea that the narcissist thinks very poorly of me. I get it. It's not comfortable. I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but there it is. And I just feel no particular need to have to plead my case with somebody who takes my words and tries to play a manipulative game with it. I'm not going to do that. And so that's the calmness. So we add firmness to calmness. And that's a lethal combination as far as the narcissist goes, because it's your way of saying, I'm not um, engaging. If you want to win, guess what? You can win in the game of uh, thinking that you're superior over me because you see, I don't yeah. care. Uh, and I'm not uh, engaging and with I'm you. I'm not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the calm firmness. And that's the individualization that I'm talking about. And then when they want to come back and say, well, you're still terrible and you're still awful. Then my response is going to be, I understand mm -hmm. that that's the way you feel. And then there's the approach that I refer to as the nonetheless approach. Nonetheless, I'm going to proceed. Yeah. And I'm going to be. Yeah. I, I, I like to say, you know, I agree that that's how you feel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, I've agreed with you that that's how you feel. Uh, it's like, basically, yeah. I've agreed with nothing, but, you know, they. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, in your uh, legal negotiations, at some point, uh, they're the, the other side, when they just keep coming at you, it's just, it, it's just, you know, just clanging noise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you, you remember the the peanuts ca uh, cartoons when you have the kids, and then when the uh, the oh, parents yeah, were wah, talking, wah, wah. it would just be wah, yeah, wah, exactly. Wah. <laughs> it's just you're, you're just background yeah, noise exactly, now. And, uh, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Well, I interviewed Judge Lynn Toller, uh, who was on the TV's Divorce Court for seventeen years, and uh, and she okay. said, you know, you just watch it, like watch them go by, like as if you're watching something, you know, on television or something. You just sort of like observe start observing them as if you're observing a third party, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of sad to say, but narcissists, um, they can differ in the way that they play out their pathology, but they're absurdly yeah, predictable. Exactly. I, I say they're heinous and horrible to deal with, but in some ways simple because they are so predictable, you know? Right. But, um, so, can you ever expect a time when they will cease their anger and settle into a reasonable way of handling conflict? Well, wouldn't that be nice? But uh, we, we go back to the fact that they're, they, they carry this ineptitude that uh, they would have to first admit. Uh, as a simple illustration, uh, I remember when I was in college and uh, I, I didn't have a whole lot of money at the time and I, I needed to tune up my car and I had a buddy and, and uh, he said, well, 
you know, I can teach you how to do it. And so what I had to do is I had to say, okay, you're going to need to start with the basics with me. Um, tell me what a carburetor is and tell me what I have to do with this. And we went down to the car shop, uh, car um, parts shop, and we got all the stuff. And I was able to tune my car with $6 worth of material that it would have cost $39 to let Jack Stexco do it. And, uh, and so by saying, I don't know how to do it, but I'm, I'm willing to learn. Uh, that's what you have to do. Now, take that on a much broader level to your personality and your relating skills, the narcissist, in order to move forward, would have to say, I, I'm kind of in over my head here. Uh, I suspect that I could figure it out, but would you be willing to walk me through it? That's not, not in their happening. wheelhouse. Right. Uh, to them, uh, vulnerability is uh, it's kryptonite. It's like if I show myself to be vulnerable, I'm just going to melt. Like the and Wicked so, Witch of the, the West. They, in the, in the <laughs> <laughs> that's, exact, that's exactly right. So can they? Yeah, maybe. But the, the odds are so low that you just have to presume uh, uh, this person in front of me is probably not going to be the one that does it. And then I go back to my word individualization. I'm going to have to individualize my efforts um, because if... Uh, if I don't take care of me, I sure can't count on that narcissistic person to step in the gap and, and do what's right by me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which is why, you know, I the way I teach people how to negotiate is to create leverage around potentially exposing them because that is their kryptonite. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they Image control is so important. Yeah. And uh, absolutely. So, and. Yeah, so you have to know yourself uh, in order to have this calm confidence I'm talking about. But part of knowing yourself is also being aware enough of that person in front of you, too, that you know where what they're coming at you with so that it doesn't catch you absolutely, off guard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. This was so powerful. Uh, I mean, I want to encourage everybody to go back and listen to this episode a few times a few times and you are such a wealth of knowledge. I, I definitely want to have you back on the show again, I, because you are um, such a font of knowledge that this was really, really, really powerful. So thank you, Dr. Les Carter. Where can people learn more about you? Where can they follow you? Where can they get your books and all that? Well, the, uh, and, and by the way, thank you for having me, Rebecca. I, I so appreciate what you do and, and what you stand for. Um, of course, I have my YouTube, and that's Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Les Carter. We have our um, uh, website, survivingnarcissism.tv, and I've got a ton of articles on there and tests, and and uh, and then also that also can give you links to my podcast, which is also calling uh, called the Surviving Narcissism Podcast. So there are plenty of resources, and like I said just a few moments ago, I'm always honored when someone allows me to join them on their journey with them. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, it's out there, it's available and I hope people can uh, make good use out of it. And, uh, over there on my surviving narcissism channel, I, I refer to all my followers as team healthy. So, uh, lo love for everybody to just come over and join me on team. Yeah, healthy. absolutely. So go check him out, go follow him, uh, go look at his resources. He is really a font of incredible information. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And, you are absolutely an amazing, amazing resource. So thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. My best to you. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. Remember, if you want more ways to slay and you want more ways to be supported, you can always join my membership at joinslay.com forward slash slay. You can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and you can always grab my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com. Remember that today is a great day to start negotiating your best life. And I will definitely catch you in the next episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Does an orthopedic condition or sports injury have you sidelined? Make your comeback with GW Hospital Sports Medicine. We offer services from neck to toe, including care for shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, and hands. Plus, we're the official healthcare partner of GW Athletics, the DC Furies, and the DC Revolution. Get back to doing the things you love. Learn more at gwhospital.com slash sportsmed or call 888-4-GW-DOCS. Physicians are not employees or agents of this hospital. Hey, Slayers. I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about. Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network, Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating Confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever. And take your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring, and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.